Good morning and happy 4th of July. As your parish priest, you know, we're gladly here seven hours of confessions, seven hours worth of time, priestly time, every Saturday. It's an honor to help people get right with the Lord and wipe the slate clean. I often see and hear people breathe a deep sigh of relief post-absolution. Generally speaking, people come to confession grieving that they have brought, bought into the devil's lies. Those lies are often perpetuated by what the late Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, called a culture of death. That is, when we fall into sin, we have misused the great gift of freedom that we celebrate on this Independence Day. Indeed, every time we come to Mass, we celebrate freedom from sin by Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection. Interestingly, in a few weeks, some in France will celebrate Bastille Day. Superficially, it seemed like, seems like our July 4th, red, white, and blue decorations, great food, French wine, French patriotism. It remembers over two centuries ago this significant moment in Western history and is often seen as a symbol of the great beginning of the freedom of the common man from the coercion and dominance of oppressive monarchs as well as oppressive traditions and sadly of an oppressive God from the authority, the moral authority of the church. This rebellion was a central moment of the French Revolution, of time of hysteria and violence as the old order had to be destroyed. Society, this, the revolutionaries believed, needed to be culturally reconstructed through a new program of social engineering. And during this insurrection, priests and nuns were murdered and church property confiscated. In Paris, the guillotine was set up as an early indication and symbol of how totalitarian regimes would justify killing as a means of securing the peace, getting their way. This mentality climaxed to the deaths of hundreds of millions in the 20th century in particular, including many Americans because of Nazis and communists and other totalitarian regimes. In France, some fought back, resulting in the deaths of some 300,000 mostly Catholics, many poor peasants, something that many French intellectuals want to forget as they celebrate Bastille Day and, and toast and patriotism to their country with French fine wines. And not to only blame the French, many other nations have followed suit in the radical secularizing compulsion this has been that has been present in the Western world ever since. That is, more and more human beings want unfettered freedom. Institutions like the church are obstructive and the authority of God oppressive. The ultimate expression of this mentality came a century after the first Bastille Day when Nitschke proclaimed that God is dead. We have, however, also come to know by experience that this kind of freedom quickly turns into slavery. You know, I'm reading a book called The Unbroken Thread about an Iranian man that immigrated to the United States from the oppression of his homeland 
as a teenager. He was excited to be in the land of the free, mostly because he could take on any identity he wanted in the new world. Goth teenager, athlete, intellectual, anarchist, whatever he wanted to be, he could be. But in a matter of years, he found himself spiritually and emotionally exhausted and bankrupt and also imprisoned by poor choices which led him to find God, which led him to the Catholic Church. He needed guidance from an institution that not only said yes to right living, but also, and for his own good, thou shalt not from time to time. Thus, the long lines of our confessions, when freedom is exercised in isolation from God, his will, and the parameters of his kingdom, it becomes self-interested, it becomes destructive, it becomes self-sedating, threatening our common sense of self and community. Moral theologians call this type of false freedom licentiousness, whereby human beings are given permission to do what they want without regard for the truth, for justice, and for the needs of others. Catholics have maintained that a crucial mistake has been made in our thinking about the whole concept of freedom when it is divorced from its author and our identity as children of God. But when we look at today's readings, we find that tension between authentic freedom and licentiousness is really nothing new. It is a tension that dates back to the earliest times. Over and over, men and women have found themselves lost in sin and its effects. And thankfully, over and over, men and women have been inspired by God, called prophets, that have prophetically stood up and proposed a different, authentic, and really happy way. In our first reading today, we hear the story of Ezekiel, living in 600 BC, the prophet experienced a call from the Lord, which was not an easy one. Ezekiel responded with great courage as he called Israel back to fidelity to God. For they had lived egregiously and found themselves in exile, having been carried off into the Babylonian exile. They learned the sobering biblical lesson that when people, tribes, and nations turn away from God and reject his law, that there are disastrous consequences. But Ezekiel prophesied that all was not lost, that if people changed, were renewed in their faith, renewed in their ways towards God, that God was ready to forgive and bless them. Ezekiel proposed his prophetic and reforming message for 27 long years. And over time, his message became abrasive, a discordant key and challenge to God's disobedient children. But they continued in their stubbornness, and eventually they tore him apart, limb by limb, and he died a martyr's death for the sake of authentic freedom and fidelity to God. People were also amazed by Jesus' supernatural and prophetic message as he also called people back to his Father. They discovered that he preached with authority that is beyond them as human beings. And they asked the question, where did he get all this? Isn't he just Mary's son? 
But this homegrown preacher most definitely threatened the status quo. The people are rattled. The Gospels account that they took offense at him. They said, that says to me that they were uncomfortable. They were afraid because change was coming. They would have to change, handing God a portion of their purported freedom. Order would come from chaos, and many of them responded like spoiled children, covering their ears in stubbornness and hardness of heart. And as a result of their reluctance to open themselves to Jesus, the scriptures remind us that he was not able to perform any mighty deeds there. Only those who were in need and would receive and be open would receive what he had to give. The obstinate would get nothing. I think that's the crux of the invitation for us this weekend, particularly as we gather as a nation. Will we be blessed because we follow the ways of the Lord or we stubbornly turn our backs on the Lord? Do we have open hearts? Are we prepared to receive the freedom that Jesus proposes? It is for us to recognize our need for this hope and for his love that only the Lord can give. So again, freedom is not doing what we want when we want. Freedom must be ordered to the God of the universe and living as he intends. Freedom is often sacrificial, ask so many soldiers who lie in our national cemeteries. Our own Ben Franklin once said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As we offer this Mass today, let us pray for greater virtue in ourselves, in our, in our national leaders, and throughout our country, so we may be continually blessed in our pursuit of authentic happiness as children of God. And also, let us follow the example of Ezekiel from our first reading, from St. Paul in our second, and Jesus in our third, raising up and prophetically calling others to be open to the ways of the Lord.